0: Hello friend. This is New Mommy at 40 Podcast, a honest, informative and non-judgmental podcast for those navigating to and through parenthood in their 40s. Today, we're talking all about egg freezing. And yes, it can be done after the age of 35. We're talking to the multi-talented Kelly Stewart, whom after her own egg freezing journey at 37, became a fertility advocate and warrior. She's sharing all the fertility tea and of her own journey of investing in herself and her future family. Welcome to the show. And here we go. It didn't happen in my 20s. Who
1: cares? Now I've got all
0: this fancy wisdom hey I've got this baby you're getting the best of me because I'm a new mommy. I'm <laughs> our guest today is just so dope that I'm going to read her entire bio yes that's how amazing she is I'm giving her her flowers today she is a writer producer and actress who began her film and television career playing opposite Bernie Mac in Sony Pictures' 2005 hit movie, Guess. She is known for her various roles on television, including Ava DuVernay's Cherished the Day, Chicago Med, Killing It, All American, The Soul Man, and On My Block, just to name a few. She is a successful fertility blogger and the creator and host of Warrior Wednesdays, a live interactive fertility talk show focused on reproductive health told from the black experience. Her egg freezing journey was featured in Own Network’s documentary, Eggs Over Easy, alongside Andre Day. And without further ado, I present to you the illustrious Calais Stewart. Kelly, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. She's our first guest of season two. I had to start it off because I feel like I want to say that we're like sisters talking about this subject of egg freezing. But I don't know if
1: at this point people see us as aunties right they don't know no I rebuke that I rebuke that I'm not an auntie yet I will not be an auntie to the you know to the public that that will never happen right. I, she will stay fly okay well no happens.
0: we can be fly aunties we are fly. well we that- can
1: but I just I want to preserve my youth as much as possible the same way I preserve my eggs so I'm just holding on Boom. okay so
0: <laughs> your sisters are coming at you today Yes. Uh, very impassioned about the subject of egg freezing and ironically I have not and I will tell you why why I'm so passionate about it because I haven't Kelly has so if you haven't tuned into warrior Wednesday please do so it is an amazing opportunity to get a wealth of information from all these amazing amazing subject matter experts and to hear her story so I wanted to ask you if you could share with the audience here what led you to start warrior Wednesday. What is your story?
1: Well, um, I was in a relationship for seven years and when that didn't work out, um, he left for the last time. Cause you know, when you're in those kinds of relationships, you break up several times yes. before the final time. Yes. And it was on a Sunday. And as soon as he closed the door, I'm a woman of God. I'm a woman of, of faith and spirit. And I heard the God in me say, go freeze your eggs. And it shocked me because I didn't cry. I didn't scream because he was gone. I literally looked up and said, God, was that you? Huh? And I thought about it that night. And I said, OK, I'm going to call my gynecologist in the morning, ask for a referral. And God, if this is you, then it will flow. I just know that whatever I ask here, it'll go smoothly. And my gynecologist gave me a referral. I called the the, uh, fertility clinic, which was in walking distance from my house, actually. And they said, well, to bring you in for a consultation, you need to be on your cycle. And I happened to be on my cycle. And they said, what day of your cycle? And they said, be here on Wednesday. So that's how I knew that this was... God's spirit in me and that I was doing the right thing for me. Um, And I went and I had a consultation. I found out I was a good candidate for freezing my eggs. I flew my mom out. I decided on the time to do it. And I successfully froze 29 eggs in one cycle, which is not normal, which is um, not the average. um, But it was my number. And I was almost 38 years old when I did that. And then I saw a lot of things in the media that didn't represent what cryopreservation was, that gave false information, like we don't freeze eggs over age 35, that's not true, and it bothered me. And I wound up calling my fertility specialist. And this is a few years after I froze, having a panic attack of like whether or not my eggs were still going to be viable. And, you know, you go to the grocery store, you get a carton of eggs, there's a sell by date, like is there a fertilized by date, that kind of thing. And when they reassured me of this science, the embryologist on the phone with me said, don't worry, a lot of women call here panicking even after they've had a successful procedure. And when I heard that, Um, it really upset me. And Mm. I wrote a movie about it, being an actor and a writer, and sold it to Lifetime Network. And in the process of developing it with A&E and Lifetime, COVID hit. Mm. So once COVID hit, it got pushed and pushed and pushed. And then I began Warrior Wednesdays to answer your question. That's kind of a long answer, but that's how it came to be. I wanted to speak to the audience that I wrote the film for. I wanted to speak to myself, really. And I didn't know that it was going to become the platform that it became. I didn't know I'd be talking to women and men in the Black community, people of color, specifically about their fertility health. I didn't know I'd be talking to people in Europe. I didn't know it would be what it is and what I'm so grateful for what it is. Um, and I certainly didn't know when I froze my eggs that they would be used in this purpose right now. But I'm really grateful that they are. And we are
0: all grateful because you've <laughs> brought some amazing, amazing guests to the table and, and answered questions. I think people come to your show and don't even know what question they're going to ask. And then they hear everything and they're like, wait, 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 I didn't know that. I have a question. And you're <laughs> so engaging and so charismatic. It just me- it makes people feel very comfortable to ask the questions that they want to ask and get some amazing answers. They get more than they bargain for. I think when they come and, you know, when I saw your show for the first time, what happened is I've actually known Kelly for a while through another mutual friend of ours, her, her other sister. And yes. I kind of knew the story, but I didn't know the story. But what was funny is, I don't know if it was around the same time, But I had the exact same story of the relationship for the exact same time of of being in it with the multiple breakups. I know you don't know this. So I was just like, wait a minute, that was me. That was me. And I was (gasps) kicking myself that I did, as you did, run to the fertility clinic. And actually, I didn't even know it was, I, I knew it was kind of a thing because I had known that when I was, really starting out in acting when I was back in, in, in New York where I am now because uh, we met in LA. But when I was first um, kind of pursuing it, I remember backstage always having this advertisement for like freeze your eggs or, or donate eggs, egg donation. And I was just like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. So I kind of knew a little bit of the science in that sense, but I didn't see it from a way of like in a, in a, a way to ensure my future until I was like, oh, <gasps> You took all my time. <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. He didn't take my time. Mm-hmm. I stayed there. I stayed too long. I did that. But at the time, before I grew, <laughs> I remember yes. feeling so resentful that I w- I wasted these good egg years. So I ran to the fertility cl- clinic. I listened. I went to the informational. They actually did some beta testing on me, A- and I just heard what I wanted to hear, and then I left. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe I did that. Now, you know, listening to you, I was like, oh, my gosh. How did I just walk out of there? I he- I heard, oh, you're 36. Um, let's see, your egg reserve looks it looks good. The count looks good. You should. No one tested quality quite at, yet at the time. They didn't test on me, but I was like, okay. And then she put out a number, so, told the number of what it would cost, and I panicked. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank you very much. I just wanted to hear I had eggs still. Bye. And then I (laughs) Mm -hmm. left. So it's the opposite. And so the reason why I wanted to bring you here was to show two sides of the story of how it could go and how I pray doesn't go for you. Because (laughs) now I have this amazing kid that truly just came out of God's grace after miscarriage and then this crazy fast romance. And since then have had miscarriages and haven't been able to. Ooh. And I just completed Ooh. two IVF rounds that wow. were unsuccessful, not because of my egg, my egg count. Like I've, I had great number of of eggs actually surprisingly for my, for my age, but the quality mm-hmm. was not good. So mm-hmm. let's talk about what you, cause I, I think I will add, uh, Call you a subject matter expert on this. I know you're not a doctor. I know you're not a physician. So we're gonna put that disclaimer out there. Kelly is not (laughs) a doctor. However, (laughs) she a doctor to me. I'm just saying. (laughs) So, what are the things that you've heard from your audience in terms of fear when it comes to egg freezing that you've been able to dispel over the last,
1: you know, time that you've been doing this? Would be. Absolutely. The first thing would be what you mentioned in your story, which is cost. You know, the fertility specialist gave a big number to you, you panicked, and then you walked out the door. And um, which is a completely valid response, by the way, because there's not a lot of insurance carriers that cover cryopreservation. And it's changing, we're still fighting for it. But mm-hmm. um, it's an expensive process to do. And um, And what I always tell people is I always ask, you know, women in particular, anyone with ovaries or however you identify, how many baby showers do you go to a year? How many baby showers do you go to every five years or so? Bridal showers, you know, first birthday parties. How much money have you spent gifting people that have had a child, that have successfully brought a life into this world? Because what happens in society is that we do not reward people that are on the journey. Mm. We do not give them the support that uh, we give someone that's, you know, that's on their eighth month of pregnancy that's throwing a party to eat pizza and play games with diapers. (laughs) Why don't we do that? Why don't we normalize? you know, um, supporting people in the IVF journey, such as yourself, or the egg freezing journey. So my answer to that is throw yourself an egg shower. I always tell people that are scared of that price tag to throw yourself an egg shower. Get the cucumber sandwiches, get the games (laughs) ready, and register at paypal.com or venmo.com. And people will say to me sometimes, well, who's going to come to that? I'm like, people that love you. People that love you. And you deserve the support financially and otherwise um, for the life choices that we, that we celebrate other people for doing. You're just on the journey. You need it yeah. more actually. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that I've learned in that, in that space, a um, quality versus quantity is a thing. And we often, well, first of all, Our education system does not teach people with ovaries about follicular atresia, which is why we lose so many follicles and eggs. Um, We are born with as many eggs as we're ever going to have. We do not make more. These are things that um, sometimes the average adult woman doesn't actually know. Um, And as as, as we rise in age, the quality of our eggs can decrease. And um, that can be problematic for chromosome numbers, for implantation into the endometrium lining, if an egg is fertilized. So there's, there's a lot to, to know there, which is why if someone was going to choose to freeze their eggs, the earlier, the better, for sure. However, I always tell people that are interested in this process, no matter what age you are, get a fertility diagnostic test, which is what you got which is Mm -hmm. what Victoria explained. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's usually a blood test. In my case, it was a blood test and an ultrasound where Mm -hmm. they check your AMH, your anti-malarian hormone levels, and your FSH, your follicle-stimulating hormone levels. That gives a fertility specialist, which is a doctor that has three or five years more training than your gynecologist. A gynecologist does not freeze eggs. And people also need to know that a fertility specialist does. They have more training in um, fertility and fertility procedures. But those numbers from your AMH and your FSH give an idea of your egg reserve, meaning about how many eggs you have left for your age. It is a It is a battle of averages. They're not going to be able to tell you, you have 2,500 eggs left. That's not how it works. It's within your age range. Where do you fall below average, average, or above average with egg quantity? That does Mm. not mean quality. And that's why the sooner the better, however- getting a fertility diagnostic test gives you an understanding of where you are. And if you are a healthy person, I say freeze whatever age your heart desires. If being a mother one day is something that you want.
0: Yes. Because yesterday's day eggs will always be better than today's. Yep. Absolutely. Always. I don't care absolutely. how you, it's not a matter of faith It is not, it's just the science in terms of the egg quality yesterday's Mm -hmm. eggs are always better than today's so if you're listening to this even if you are 40 Mm -hmm. and you have not yet had a child or you're thinking about having another one talk about freezing your eggs today as i was listening to you i was thinking why is it not the norm for someone to have both a gynecologist and a reproductive specialist early enough for someone to know maybe in their early thirties so that they can go ahead and get the the most quality eggs that they have, you know, opportunity of getting. I don't, I don't get it.
1: Well, you're, you're raising a really good question. I was in a documentary called eggs over easy on own. And one of the things that they used in the trailer for that was me saying, why aren't women offered fertility testing as part of their gynecological care? Because the same way that we go in for a pap smear to, um, to be tested for STDs, to have our, 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 our breast exam done and things like that, we should also be offered, at minimum offered, the opportunity to get a fertility diagnostic test to know what we are working with. Um, as to the why that doesn't happen, I don't have an answer that would satisfy anybody because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Whether it's just coming yeah. from an old playbook of, uh, you know, the same thing that they say, if you want to have a baby, try for a year. And mm-hmm. then if it's not working, we'll send you to a fertility specialist. Well, then you you lose a year worth of eggs. You You lose a year of a younger fertility age, where you could have been doing rounds of of freezing eggs, mm-hmm. you know, um, or whatever you may have needed. So, I think what we have to do is really take control of our fertility health, which is why it's so great that you have this podcast that you're speaking to people from a personal perspective and bringing on guests that have stories to share. Because without these conversations, people won't know. For instance. When you go to a doctor and any physician, you can book a double appointment if your insurance, if you have uh, health insurance, and you can write down the questions and make sure that you have the time that you really want to dedicate to your health. As people that have ovaries and or wombs, because some women are not born with a womb, some women are not born with ovaries, there is so much that we don't talk about and that we don't know, but. If any of those things are working for you and you don't even know if you want to have a kid or one day you do want to have a kid, asking those questions very early on about can I get a fertility diagnostic test? How much would a procedure like this cost? Can I have a referral for a fertility specialist? And how do I plan ahead? Um, We seem to only cross the fertility bridge when we get to it, when it's not, when we're trying to get pregnant and it's not working. And then we panic. And then we find out, oh, my God, I've had fibroids this whole time. I've had endometriosis, you know, or adenomyosis PCOS
0: or anything. Yeah,
1: all, all of those things, sometimes even painful intercourse. You know, I, I knew a woman um, who would always tell me that, oh, you know, this guy is too big. That's why we broke up. He was too big. No, she had adenomyosis and she did not know that intercourse is not supposed to be painful, periods are no. not supposed to be long and heavy that is an indication of an underlying condition. So there's a lot of health we don't know, and um, we, we need to take control of it now.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to ask if you could just walk us through what your process was
1: of freezing, of cryopreservation certainly so um, I had to get all the medication which you pay for separately mm-hmm. and just so people know also because sometimes I like to make sure that I'm that I'm transparent people think when you're an actress and they see you on TV she has tons of money to do this she can do this as many times as she wants I got a credit card y'all that you know when they send in those um, advertisements for a new credit card mm-hmm. I just called all of them to see who had the largest amount of credit that they were going to offer me and I just got a new card and I put the whole egg freeze on that so So it wasn't like I went into a big old bank so don't don't let the celebrity (laughs) fool you and um, I had to also be resourceful and find a way to pay for this over time versus at one lump sum Um, but in terms of the process you know we where there's a will there's a way Mm -hmm. period where there's a will there's a way Um, I had to give myself injections in my abdomen for about 14 days straight. Those injections are timed, um, along with the fact that every day just about I had to get a blood test and ultrasound because the fertility specialist is not only counting the follicles, but they're also measuring them. Because the job of cryopreservation or what Victoria went through with IVF, which prior preservation is IVF as well, Um, it's the first step to it, is they they have to mimic nature as much as possible. So those injections, they carry medication that stimulate the hormones that I talked about earlier, the Mm -hmm. FSH in particular, your follicle-stimulating hormone. So in a regular ovulation cycle, if I were to release 10 follicles and one of them matured to an egg and went into the fallopian tubes... This medication is going to help me release maybe 25, 30 follicles and all of them maturing into eggs. And when they are ready, you take a trigger shot. So during the doctor visits, as they're checking and measuring, taking your blood and and looking at all the tests that they need to, they will tell you specifically and accurately when you have to take your trigger shot. Um, For some, it's progesterone in the booty. For some, it's in the stomach. It's based off of whatever your case was. And because I was banking a lot of eggs at the Mm -hmm. time of the medication, I didn't have to do the progesterone shot in the butt. I had to do another trigger shot. I think about 12 hours from your trigger shot, um, I was in the medical facility getting ready to get them extracted. And it's all timed. If you mess up that trigger shot, you don't mess up that round. Mm -hmm. So if you are looking to freeze your eggs, it's something that I feel you should do at a time where you can really dedicate yourself to those 14 or so days to focus on it. If you're busy at work, you know, this is something you need to take off for work for because you don't want to miss that medication and waste your money and, and not yield the eggs that you deserve to yield.
0: Yeah. And we also have to remember, too, that, you know, your um, the follicle count can also change per cycle. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And what can also affect that is stress. And I'm here to tell you, definitely, you know, even when you're trying right now, just get your stress under control because it, it can be something that can ruin a cycle as well. So we're not here to scare you. We're not here to stress you out. We're only here to give you as much information so that you can plan ahead because we want this to be, I guess the word is not necessarily easy for you, but to have a flow so you know what to expect. Um, So thank you for taking us through that cycle. And for those of you, like Kelly said, it is literally the first phase of IVF, what she went through. The only difference now is this mama to be that you see here um, is basically the other half of that would be the not just the retrieval, but then the actual implantation of an embryo that would be fertilized with uh, the man that will come into her in her life and be the, the daddy to her children. Because I know that's what you, that's that's what your I know you that's what your future is holds and what you'd like. Um, and then if you are doing it alone, the donor, donor, the donor of your choice, and that's how you would get your sperm. And that's how they would fertilize the egg. And then the, it would become an embryo and the embryo would then be transferred to your uterus. So mm-hmm. it's the first half. So if you've gone through IVF or if you know anyone who's gone through IVF, it's basically the first half of that, of that, that journey. So I, as I was listening to you, I was thinking I wanted to see if we could talk about choosing an RE. How do you choose the right reproductive endocrinologist, do you think?
1: Okay, perfect. Um, Well, first of all, I I interviewed a couple of people um, after I understood that I was a good candidate for it. Um, And Typically, I like to work with female physicians, female physicians of color as well. But in my area and um, who was available to me at the time, I wound up actually working with a man. And here's why. Because he had an ego about how many eggs he gets. <laughs> he was very boastful and it was almost like a competition with himself and with the other doctors in the clinic. Okay. Um that he was like he was the top leader. I get the most eggs. And for my personality because it's yeah. a personal it's a personal decision, it's a financial decision and it's a spiritual decision. Yeah. And I'm from Philly, y'all. Yes. So ego and <laughs> i get the most eggs and can't nobody beat me is like a love language i me. was about to say it's your love language You're like go get them let's go get them go <laughs> get my, eggs. Get you know my eggs i don't want it soft okay i don't want anybody precious i want you to feel like i am going to come out of here a champion yes and um that is why i went with him he was also very um fun during the process. Mm-hmm. I, you know, because I was coming out of a breakup and like, first of all, this is nobody's ideal start to pregnancy or family. Let's, let's be clear here. Correct. Right. Um, it's nobody's ideal start, but I do believe that you have to reframe how you tell the story. Like mm-hmm. I have this awesome story to tell my future child mm-hmm. about, freezing my eggs and writing a movie and going to the Empire State Building to light it up orange in the name of National Infertility Awareness Week and to talking with you, talking with Victoria. My child has been spoken about before they were even defrosted. I mean, it's, you know, it's amazing. But I bring that up to say that though it's not ideal, your purpose in doing it will be revealed to you later. Um, If it's something that you want to do, trust and believe it will serve Not just a purpose of you um, hopefully having a child in the future, because egg preservation does not guarantee, but it does give you, as you mentioned earlier, a good amount of insurance that you have some time. Um, But just like Victoria has this podcast from your experiences with secondary infertility that you're dealing with um, now and getting pregnant and miscarriages, it will serve a purpose, down the line Mm -hmm. so much bigger um so yes i went with an egotistical doctor and when i woke up uh he told me i had 32 eggs and he was very proud of himself and 29 were viable and successfully frozen you will always lose a certain number it's it's um it's not guaranteed they will all be viable and they will all survive the freeze so the more you get the better and if you need to bank more, then most doctors would suggest more cycles until they get a number that they feel like they can get a live birth from.
0: Yes. And it's important to I'm glad that you brought that up about not it doesn't guarantee you. So we have to be clear. And it's it's great that you said that because I was going to say it too. We're not ensuring you that you will have a viable pregnancy. And a viable delivery from egg freezing, it just gives you that opportunity to try, because the fact is, for me, for my story, I've done two rounds, and that's nothing in in the IVF world. There are people who've done five, six. So I'm not here to say I've done all, all this, you know, work. But I've done two, and in that two, I had the first round. I think I had seventeen. Then the second, no. It was 27, the first one, but they were overstimulated, a lot of them. So I lost more than half. So now we were talking about seven that went through that actually were viable um, to at least fertilize. And only two made it to the blastocyst stage. Blastocyst is, stage, yes. Yeah, when when it's actually like an embryo and forming and dividing cells. And neither of them passed the testing for normal chromosomes. Mm -hmm. So, and then the second round, I wasn't as stimulated and you should know the first round is always kind of like an experiment because depending on who you go to, right? Because they have to see how your body reacts. They they have the test results to kind of give them a, a roadmap of what they're going to do with you, your, your protocol. But, By the second one, they know your body if you're with the same um, uh, specialist. And for me, I wasn't overstimulated, but I still got to two that were not normal. So it's important to know that. Um, It's also important to interview, like Kelly said, interview your specialist, your RE, because if you, I did, I thought that I did, but I didn't ask the right questions. What is your success rate? Is a very important question. That's basically what Kelly was saying. Philly girl noticed. Oh, you gonna get it? You gonna get him? All right, I like that. <laughs> well, it... It's nice. I mean, because he he was confident and he had the numbers to back him
1: up. Yes, and it's good to note that the only healthcare industry that is required to report their success rate to the CDC is fertility clinics. I didn't know that. They are required to. And that they are the only ones, because for a very long time, all of this was considered medically as experimental, mm. it no longer is. Um, but still, the CDC requires fertility clinics and, and, and reproductive endocrinologists to report their success rates. Well, that works good for you, the patient, because then you can actually check to see, what fertility clinics in your area and what doctors specifically have the highest success rate of live births that's what Ooh. you want to look for
0: is that through just going to cdc.gov or how do how would someone find that yeah you can
1: go that? to cdc.gov and just and, and and look around and until you find somebody or call the cdc yourself and say who do i talk to where do i find the information about um a, a specific fertility clinic because they have to actually Um, they have to report it to the CDC.
0: That's good to know. Yeah, I wish I had done that because I had an amazing doctor. The, The actual specialist herself was really attentive, really knew her stuff, but the staff was not as professional. So I wasn't getting calls. I think the first time I was waiting to find out about my little M babies, who made it through? I'm waiting. You told me I have just seven. I'm waiting and waiting. It took them two and a half weeks for someone to call me what was supposed to be only like five days. It was, it was insane. And if I'm telling you, girl, when faith is the only thing that kept me sane, I just kept praying and praying. I'm like, God, you got this. Calm me down. I kept calling and calling. So, uh, it's really important that you feel comfortable, not only with the doctor, the staff, how they how, how are they making you feel when you, when you call is your phone, if you, is your call important, are you getting the, are the messages going through, are you getting return calls? I think it's important. That's my little PSA for my and it personal is, And experience. I would also
1: ask you, and this is like, this is a sidebar y'all to the conversation we're having. But since I'm talking to my sis here, yes. since I'm talking to my friend here, mm-hmm. um, in going through, the last two rounds that you went through and that there was some chromosomal abnormalities as to why that they didn't implant. um, Did they ask you about your diet and what to change and whatever environmental things you might um, be around that could be causing if, if it is an egg quality thing, did they ask you about those things?
0: Nope. No one has asked beautiful friends and sisters like yourself have asked. I have a network of great women and people uh, who identifies women as doulas and and pre- yoga practice everyone that's in the know of just being healthy and being aware of well just wellness have been like what are you eating are you are, are you on an anti-inflammatory diet are you working out have you checked your uh your house for any formaldehyde i mean just all these amazing questions our mutual friend camille was like listen i i Cleared everything out of my house. Plastics that were I didn't know if PBA. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was, I want plastics. Plastic, I want eggs. them out of mm-hmm. my house. All that stuff. So. Again, we're not ex- we're not experts, we're not doctors, we're not physicians. Look it up on your own and find out all the list of things that you could look through of you know household products that you have, that you have in your home can also contribute. Environmental is huge, diet is huge. And since then, I've been on an anti-inflammatory diet which actually helps with my PCOS that I didn't quite know about. So shout out to Strong mm-hmm. Wellness, to Tony and Earl Strong for putting me onto that. So it's been really helpful. So now I feel more confident probably going into another round because now mm-hmm. everything, all the boxes are checked. But again, it, my RE did not ask me about any of that.
1: Right. And that's why what you're doing here with this podcast and, and the work that you're doing by being so transparent and having guests on that you make feel comfortable enough to be transparent with you is so important because yeah. somebody is going to be listening to this and not realizing that, oh my God, I, I shouldn't be eating out of plastic. No, you should not. I should not be drinking out of plastic. Not if you're trying to preserve your eggs or have the highest egg quality that you can, that there are environmental things as well as nutritional things that you can do to improve the quality of your eggs. What people with ovaries do not often know is that your eggs start off as a follicle. Mm-hmm. A follicle is a fluid filled sac that has an egg cell right in the middle of it. It's one little teeny tiny cell. And to my knowledge, to my scientific knowledge, it is the only cell that, the only human cell that is visible to the naked eye. There is no other human cell that is visible to the naked eye except that of the egg cell within a follicle, which is pretty freaking amazing. Wow. Um, how miraculous we are. Um, So you have to understand how delicate that is, how perfect it needs to be for all of these things to happen. So really, because we do not make eggs the way that people with sperm continuously make sperm every day, all day long, Mm -hmm. um, we have to be extra mindful of our nutrition and our environment, if we're looking to maintain the best egg quality as possible. Counter to that, people with sperm also need to be very um, specific about their diets, about how much heat is on the testicles, the clothes that they wear, because in all cases of somebody with sperm and somebody with eggs, trying to conceive and it's not happening, it's unsuccessful. One third is male factor infertility. Mm -hmm. One third is female factor. Mm -hmm. Another is unexplained. So though women often wear the face of infertility and it's often the the finger is pointed at us. She's too old. She's infertile. She has fibroids is often pointed at us, but the exact same amount is pointed at somebody with sperm but we yeah. don't hear that in general society no. and so oftentimes women walk around with shame feeling like they are the problem as to why they're not getting pregnant and in fact it could actually be their partner i have a friend dacia williams who wrote a book yeah. about this mm-hmm. you know dacia just from you from following warrior wednesdays of course I got it. Well, they wrote a book about this. And and one thing I want to mention while, while we're talking about this is that if you are trying to get pregnant in a heterosexual um, scenario that you have to know that um, like men make sperm, but it's inside of semen. Right. So sometimes the, the swimmers mm-hmm. don't go fast enough or they're not potent enough. Mm-hmm. And the best thing. Thing to do if you're trying to get pregnant and it's unsuccessful is have the man tested first. It is far less invasive yeah. and it is far less expensive. Oftentimes people will go right to the fertility clinic and the, wim- the woman will be the first one up mm-hmm. and they're going to put the dye in you. They're going to do all of the things and it's going to cost all of the money. Only to find out it might not be you, boo. Yes. Yeah. I just so told go my with the cheaper, like, less invasive option first, yep. cancel that out, or see if that could be the problem before um before you check yourself.
0: Yep. That's such good information. And it's true. You don't hear about that very often. I think there's been so much time invested on exploring the female factor in this that um it's been neglected. So it's really good that you mentioned that. What do you want your baby to get out of this one day? Let's talk about your wow. baby. I know I'm going to meet this baby
1: one day. Oh, yes. You're going to meet this baby. And I'm, we're probably going to cry when it happens. And oh, I c- might definitely. cry answering this question, to be honest. Oh. Um, I, I want this baby to know how much I wanted her. And I say her because in my spirit, I feel like I'm going to have a daughter you can see, I don't know if your audience can see, but I have like my baby booties Yes. right here. I buy little outfits for Faith. A friend of mine gave me a crystal egg and inside of it are black mustard seeds oh. um, to keep um, the Faith. But I want her to know how much she was wanted. I want her to know that her spirit served a bigger purpose before she even got here. That my desire to meet her, to bring her into this world became a platform for myself and her together to open up to women and to men and to hopefully help someone. But along the way, it healed me. It healed mommy. Um, because in the journey of waiting, we can get very weary or we can find purpose in our patience. It's really up to us. It's up to what story we want to tell. Um, And I want her to know that I told a powerful story about her. And, and also, you know, and you mentioned this earlier, me wanting to wait for the right man. And that is true. And that is my decision. And that is what I'm doing. And so thank you for confirming and affirming that in me. Um, But I, I, I say this often on Warrior Wednesdays, you may have heard me say it, because one day it really hit me that I wasn't just waiting for him to have the baby. Mm -hmm. I did not know I was waiting to be a part of this community of the most powerful, inspiring, resilient people that are on the journey to having a child, a second child, a third child. And that come across obstacles, whether it's fibroids, endo, PCOS, failed IVFs, miscarriages, whatever it may be, that I am somehow in this club now. They call it the worst club, but with the best members. And I remember telling people on Warriors, I thought I was waiting for a man. I was I was waiting for y'all because now I can't imagine having a child without. See, I'm going to start crying. Mm -hmm. Without these group of warriors, Victoria included, gathered around me, how amazing it is that that God said, you're going to wait and we're going to fill it with something bigger than you so that it's not just about my testimony, but it's about everybody's testimony that I'm blessed to encounter and hopefully keep their stories safe and encouraging for somebody else.
0: Yes. And what a village you have. I'm telling you, this baby is so loved and so prayed for and will be nurtured from all like corners of the world with all the people that you have just blessed with your platform. Kelly, are you there? I am. Okay. Uh, You know, who who you've blessed with your platform and and your voice. And I think it's very powerful that you've used your position with the gift that you've been given. The gifts, plural, because you're so talented, multi-talented, to take the time to do this. Because you could have been private about it, you know? Um, But the fact that you chose to share it with all of us, we're all better for it.
1: So... Thank you.
0: We thank you so much. Love you very much. Thank you for coming.
1: I love you too.
0: Thank you, Kelly, for coming by and just dropping some gems on us. I know I learned something. I hope you did. And I hope together we've inspired you to just take that time and invest in yourself. If this is for you, to freeze your eggs. And don't let the age deter you. Talk to your physicians. Talk to your... Gynecologist or your, re- your reproductive specialist, and see if this option is still something on the table for you. You can find Calais at www.warrior wednesdays.com or at instagram at k kstew, that's k s t e w two 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 don't forget to subscribe follow wherever you're listening to this or watching this and remember on tuesdays now we actually get together on facebook for a live virtual meetup called the corner table where we discuss the last episode together and get to know each other. So please go to Facebook or Instagram at new mommy at 40 to find out when that's happening. So you can go ahead and reserve your place at the table. And I can't wait to see you again next week. Please take care of yourself and each other.